Hi, welcome to the Business Vitality Podcast. I am your host, Katherine Canty. You can learn more about me and my team at KatherineCanty.com. For more than two decades, I have been able to travel the country and help other people grow their business. From those experiences, I was able to work with a proposal team that generated success 90% of the time for over a decade. We have created a leadership coaching program that is creating 100% measured results as seen by the leaders, peers, and stakeholders. And finally, I have spent nearly a decade in boardrooms, corporate boardrooms, where we are learning what's working and what's not. And more importantly, we're able to take the communication from the boardroom and get it down to the front line so execution is easier to implement. You know, from all these experiences, we created a framework called Business Vitality. These are all of the best practices of leaders and and opportunities that have been coming up decade after decade. And a lot of this stuff has been in practice for more than 20 years, 30 years and beyond. And what we're learning is a lot of these folks that are remaining vital in business today are having to think differently. And to share a quote from one of my CEOs that I've worked with in the past, he told me all day long he can hire folks, but what he needs more of are people who think outside the box. So in an effort to pay it forward and celebrate successes, we are going to be sharing stories of leaders who are thinking differently and remaining vital in business today. Please stick to the end and we will share how you can be a guest on the show. And thanks so much for being here. Richard Blank, you are the president of Costa Rica's Call Center found on the web at CostaRicasCallCenter.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Catherine, I'm so happy to be here today and as your guest. Cannot wait to share ideas and to excite your audience with new I, stuff. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Richard. I've enjoyed getting to chat with you uh, before we hit the record button. And uh, before I kind of continue that conversation, would you mind explaining a little bit about Costa Rica's Call Center and exactly what you're providing, what services that is? Yes, Costa Rica's Call Center. We were founded in 2008. We're a bilingual nearshore call center with dedicated agents that are college educated as well. They're coming with amazing skill sets. We do appointment setting, lead generation, back office support, customer support. And we have a beautiful call center location in Barrio Aranjuez that can host 300 agents. That's fantastic. And, you know, just to have a little bit of fun here, I can't help but notice when I was looking at your site, uh, you have uh, someone named Daisy, and then in this video, you also have um, basically an arcade in your background. Um, do you mind talking about Daisy and the arcade, and how does this all come together? I think it is a fantastic idea to bring into business, but would love to kind of hear your perspective on it. Catherine, I'm so glad that we're starting with dessert first. It's definitely <laughs> Daisy the Limousine. My favorite show growing up was Remington Steel. And the one thing I learned about that show is you always have to pick your clients up in a classic limo. It doesn't need to be a disco limo, just enough for two people to sit in the back comfortably, have a drink and go somewhere. And so during my years here in Costa Rica, I'm an avid collector of treasures. We can talk about the pinball and arcade machines, but I found in 1984 Mercedes 300D Lang. And it was more of like an embassy or a luxury hotel sort of limousine where you had the flip seats in the middle to put three extra people. Now I tore those out immediately, put in a custom made bar, replaced the back seats and the front seats, 
chromed it out, cleaned it up. And I have the most beautiful, beautiful, comfortable ride where if you go and look up Mercedes Limousine Costa Rica, you see all the different places that we visit up in the mountains, to the beaches, to the waterfalls. She really has traveled most of this country and is our proudest moment was participating in the 2019 Costa Rican Carnival. And so we were paraded downtown on Main Street. And besides all the classic car shows and weddings and events that we've participated in, that was probably one of the most incredible events to go down Main Street in a limousine in Costa Rica. And we also collect pinball machines here and jukeboxes. A gamification culture, Catherine, is so important. The greatest relationships are built through play. And if I have a neutral environment where people can let off steam, recharge batteries, spend time with the jefe, there are moments where attrition will be lowered and relationships will be built. And as a trainer, as a supervisor, as an owner of a company, the greatest place to, for me and my own company culture is in the arcade. And so people can relax. We can freely express ourselves without any sort of pressure. And if I can combine those sort of things for my clients and for my agents, I've created an environment that's lasted close to 15 years and continues to grow. So those are some of my immediate secrets in regards to being successful with offshore call centers. Okay. Dessert first is always a thing in our house. So I love that you had that reference. How many pinballs do you have? Because I've saw the pictures of Daisy all over the island and I was very impressed. Her backgrounds are amazing, beautiful pictures. And then I'm curious, how many pinball machines do you have? I currently have 13. My oldest machine is a 1976 Bally's Freedom. And then I have a bunch of machines in the 90s, like Last Action Hero and Doctor Who, NBA Fast Brig, Judge Dredd. I got Hook in Jurassic Park. It's just... One man's trash is another man's treasure. I cannot wait to drive a couple hours and buy a machine for a couple hundred dollars because in the United States, there's many companies that will send you the replacement parts. And with a proper electrician and a little bit of TLC, you can get them back into working condition. And then you're just living a child's dream of playing all you can play American pinball. And most of these machines, Catherine, are older than the agents that are here. So once again, we are creating a certain sort of medium and experience for them different from the PlayStation or the Xbox. It's something they can brag to their friends about that they did it for the first time. Do you mind talking about just that employee experience? I know you talked about the customer experience and, and picking them up in Daisy. And, um, but I'm, I'm more curious about the, the, the employee experience with the business and having that play and and giving that balance. And it sounds like you give them space, um, tons of, of development that you're doing with them. But if you don't mind just talking about how do you take care of your folks? And it sounds like they just keep coming back day after day and call center work is hard work. Um, just having to, to have the conversations and, and you've got to be smiling all day long and, and battling, you know, through whatever challenges come their way. And um, the resiliency there is, is I think always extremely impressive. So how do you maintain that culture um, with, with the employees? So I have the best podcast. What an amazing question. Let me cut the pizza. Okay. Cause there's about four <laughs> or five nice slices there. Let me go back to August of 2000. When I was 27 years old, I came to Costa Rica for only two months to work at my friend's call center. He wanted me to teach English. I took this opportunity to stay and to learn the business. So I did not start at a C level. In fact, I wasn't even at manager supervisor level. I was with the people. I might have been friends with the owner, 
but I was with the proletariat with thousands of call center agents. So I would break bread with them, sit in the cubicles with them. And throughout those years, I learned every department of a call center, minus the C-suite, but you saw the good and the bad, the happy and the sad. And for me, I cracked a couple codes in regards to empathy and making sure these individuals have their dignity and not to feel like a number and expendable. So I went from just being an employee at my friend's center to now owning a call center. But prior to doing that, and I will be forthright with you, Catherine, and it's true. In my mid thirties, I had my impulse control. I knew I was much more mature and I had the finances to be able to take off a certain period of time and properly start a business responsibly. And by learning this business from the inside and out, it puts me in their shoes. And prior to even making a single phone call, my friend, I let them know that learning a second language is 10 times harder than any campaign that I put you on. So let's put fear into perspective. I'll put you on a level playing field, never compromise your ethics or values like you see in some of the movies where people are doing certain things that you do not agree with or calling you during dinner. And as long as these agents will feel good about their job, they can go home and tell their parents what they do for a living. And so that is my foundation training. I just can't force a fit because if I bend you, I'm gonna break you. And the next thing you know, we have attrition and you're working at Amazon the next day. There's a certain sweet spot to it. We can master one level so we can get to the next one. Now, gaining our first downs, Catherine, to get our touchdowns, but anything of nothing, on the first day, I'm gonna know your name. And about 80% of the agents will say, Richard, you're the first owner of a call center that knows who I am. And I go, I might be the last, but at least you're seeing how strong we're starting. And I'm giving you a clean slate like you are me. Don't judge me on your last boss as I'm not judging you on the individual that you're replacing or the campaign that's growing. And I can have that sort of mature relationship. I can be that first mentor or boss or teacher in school that handed your paper back and said, would you like to try it one more time? Here's a couple of suggestions. I, I could care less how many times you write your composition, Catherine, as long as you keep learning from it. Every time you bring it back to me and we can keep working on your grade. It's not about the A anymore. It's about you learning. You don't want the worst doctor in the class. You want a guy that actually knows what he's doing. And if I can see the dedicated practice and see they're expanding their vocabulary and they may be standing up when they're pitching or they're once again using timed rebuttals so they showed active listening. These are artists of speech. And that's why I still find a passion for what I do because today is just chat and emails and that's boring. I love talking to you, Catherine. It's a ton of fun. It's much better than you and I writing back on emails which would still be great and we'd save them, but it's so much better. We exchange so much more energy that way. And if I can give that sort of mindset to the agents prior to picking up a phone call, the job that you say is so difficult grinding and, and can burn you out can actually, you can reverse that and use that sort of momentum. As you say, your husband said to this individual, the babysitter that does 50, 50 calls a day, your potential could be limitless, your confidence, is self-confidence because of what you've done. And I think it's becoming a lost art. And so for me, if I have that sort of passion, people see my sincerity and realize they want to continue, continue working with me for something like that. I think it's fantastic. And, and the reference that you're making, we, we have um, 
great babysitters in our area and an opportunity opened up at my husband's business in, in customer care, the call center. And, um, offered a position for a summer job and just was able to have new exposure to what's it like working nine to five and what's it like answering the phone and being able to do outreach and be able to um, just communicate with people and connect with them over the phone. And just by giving some of this younger talent an opportunity to just have exposure of what the business world is like can really be amazing. Like you said, before we even hit record, to be able to mold and, and to be able to influence, provide um, support to the talent that's out there. You know, the gift just keeps giving. And, and there's so many people that are talented who just need an opportunity to just see how far they can go. So I'll pause for a minute. You gave me a thumbs up. Do you want to add a, add a great comment? Oh, no, I'm just being very excited because yeah. our conversation prior to hitting record was awesome. I had to pull some stuff out of it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> But I remember talking about a squire to a knight and molding and someone that's not coming into the center with bad habits. I'd rather have someone fresh than someone that's seasoned, but could be a cancer, might jump from the center, waste everyone's time, Catherine. So I completely support what you're doing. And these are the people with the most sincerity. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that have patience. It's, yeah. it's incredible. It's, um, it's something that is non-threatening and will be most productive on a phone call. I think that's great advice. And before we chatted, um, I've noticed that, you know, just some of these things that keep businesses vital decades after decades is, is being able to become a better coach and a mentor to others. And I shared that, you know, I have a, some clients that are working on that type of leadership behavior. They do want to become a better coach and a mentor, and they do want to match their leadership skills to others. And then another one that you shared is, is being able to present confidence at, at different levels. And your answer really took me back when I asked if you could share maybe some stories around how do you become a better coach and mentor and how do you present confidence at, at different levels within the organization? And it kind of ties back to something you shared earlier about um, being working at the call center, but then owning the call center and making that transition. Do you mind just, I would love to hear that and, and to be able to share that with the listeners of that experience and, and how that kind of loops back to the confidence and, and becoming a better coach and mentor. In order for me to grow, I need roots and branches. I can't wear all hats. I can be the main guy, but I can't be the only guy. Yeah. So I hire specialists instead of having the pressure to go to Cisco school, I hire IT. I don't know the laws here. I'm gonna definitely hire an attorney. In mathematics, I can do it, but once again, it makes me tired. So I'd like to get some accountants to work with me in a human resources department, which leaves me time to do what I do best, which is writing, which is speaking. And the greatest thing we have at a call center is our infrastructure and resources. I have a quality control department. So I can't just pick three minutes of a day, stand next to you and assume that that is who you are. I will be pulling calls randomly, or if you happen to nail it out of the park with a grand slam, this is how we're going to master our levels because self-reflection is the best way for self-improvement. I don't need to say anything because you're the one doing all the talking. <laughs> you know, if you've interrupted Catherine, you might've misspelled her email address by not using the military alphabet. There's a positive escalation that you may have done by being transferred to her and mentioning how amazing her associate was in verbal and in writing when you follow up the email. 
looking at the email templates and the voicemail templates? Did you do your due diligence on LinkedIn and their website to pull out the cherry like you did with the, with the limousine and pinball? If I never met you before and you were cold calling me regardless of what you were selling, you mentioned the limousine and pinball machines, it's yours to lose. I got 10 minutes between meetings. <laughs> I mean, literally, you could try to sell me, you know, sand in Costa Rica. I'm still going to listen. <laughs> buttered my muffin. And that's what would make, as you say, least resistance. And you will knock people out of a trance a little bit. You might buy 30 seconds to get another three because you caught their attention. They find you interesting. You use name drops appropriately. You focus on personal pronouns like a your and an R for emphasis to keep your attention. On the phone, we're losing three of our senses, which means that your hearing should be expanded. And don't kid yourself, you can see on the phone. You have metaphysics, you have image streaming. Imagination is better than, you know, the book is better than the movie. There's adjectives and descriptive words. So I think that you should really expand on those sort of things and paint a picture so you're not a print. And if you have that and be so engaged, then every phone call, you should see it as prolonged and you'll get you'll build a larger pipeline. You'll have more callbacks. It doesn't need to be a cold call close like Blake and Glenn Gary. It happens sometimes. But a lot of the times, Catherine, people just wanna see your credentials or call a reference or two, or just walk away for a second and ponder this amazing uh, conversation, which was too good to be true. And then decide to follow up with you appropriately. So you're not putting any sort of pressure there for a certain sense of urgency, which is not needed. And as long as these things can flow in that sort of manner, each person could be adjusted accordingly for, for beautiful relationship building. I love what you said about self-reflection and that being one of the best learnings that we can have is taking that time to pause and reflect. And I very often call it clarity breaks. And I, I emphasize to my clients to just take in the beginning, I said, just take five minutes. And they're like, five minutes, five <laughs> minutes to do what? I said, nothing, just sit there and just take five minutes. Yeah. And they're like, do you know how long that takes? It's like, it's five minutes out of your entire day. And then if they do try it, they come back and they, they actually share that this is working and they can actually gain thought and traction and planning. And there's just there's just this kind of aha moment that, that they're starting to experience. And I'm like, okay, if you can do five, what can you do next month? And just keep challenging them to be able to take that time and have that self-reflection and, and allow themselves to grow and not to constantly respond, 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 react, 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 because I think we have too much of that out there. Um, and, and kind of building on that to be able to have that self-reflection, um, it kind of ties into the quiet and you obviously must have incredible listening skills in order to do and, and to be able to have the business that you do. Um, do you mind talking about, you know, maybe some tips and tricks around listening skills and how to become a better listener? And what does that look like? Because I feel like there's so many of us that just want to respond and talk and nobody's listening. Nobody's really listening to what's being said or not being said. Um, do you mind sharing some, some ideas around listening skills? Sure. Uh, regardless if it's a first time connection or the person you've known your entire life, the best bit of advice that I could do would be more for conflict management and strategy. We can always go into other topics later, but this is probably the starting point for me. It's better defense than offense. I believe in two ears, one mouth, double listening to one speech. 
you can still participate in the conversation, but there's some sort of hedging that you can do in order to let you lead and I could still dance with it. When you confirm things with people, they don't need to repeat it so there's no rabbit holes. It shows active listening. Once again, you can refer to yourself possibly in third person or even mentioning things that could be done together just to get their attention again, to show that you are seeing a progression or something that is moving forward. Vocabulary is the most sensitive topic. And I always believe that a word like help, as simple as it sounds, could also provoke emotion or just knock you off. That could be the last straw. So words like uh, assist, guide, and lend a hand. Instead of saying, excuse me, switch it, fall on that sword and say, Catherine, for my clarification. I mean, these are the little, little things that you just bring into yourself where you're reducing smaller piles so you can carry. And they say the best people in conversations are the best listeners. Well, let me be the best listener. Do you want to hear me talk? I'll talk for an hour. But if you're having a good time, if you're zigging and zagging and you're telling me great stories, best thing I can do is say, oh, really? In Miami, <laughs> you know, just to keep you going and let you know, really, you had three beers all there. So, I mean, that's the kind of fun stuff. And, and they'll love you for it. And then when they're exhausted, they're going to say, all right, Catherine, you got me. Your turn. And then it's a beautiful way to go back and forth. And now you have memories, you things you refer to. And here's the biggest thing. If there is no time sensitivity, and you wanna say something, if you're allowed to sleep on it, walk away from it, write a draft, and then the following day decide to send it or make that phone call, do it. Because if you don't need to make a decision right, 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 right now, even though they might be offended you didn't respond, the best thing to do is absorb it, take it, take it. When you have a moment to be able to walk away, to separate it, prioritize it, get rid of the fat, because why do we even want to go there? Address what needs to be addressed, figure out a way in a common, cool way to reiterate it, to make your point, because you might have overextended or not done enough in the moment. And then as generals do with intel, they bring it back. And even Sherlock Holmes, he needed clues to solve the case. Give me a little bit of intel. Let me process it, sleep on it, eat on it, work out on it, play pinball on it, drive to work in the convertible on it. And then when I'm at the office, forget about it. I'm going to solve this thing before my first cup of coffee. And that would be much more effective for me than getting Philadelphia angry yesterday and saying something that I would be regretting. And you, you were in Philadelphia previously, correct? Born and raised, Northeast yes. Philadelphia, very proud. What a shift from Philadelphia to Costa Rica. <laughs> well, I, I took steps. I went to Arizona for a couple of years and then, you know. Then I came here, but oh yeah, I, I had to move somewhere fun where every day was a Saturday, Catherine. I know, I know it's, it's beautiful there. Um, I love um, that you just talk about listening and then also conflict management and how that ties together I was doing work with a group and they really want to talk about conflict management and how do I make them listen to me? And my, I knew not to respond, but to just to pause and you know, if you take the word you out of it, and it's just about how can we listen together and how do you lead with what you want to receive and mm. be able to model the behavior that you need to receive, like that is part of making that change and having people be able to listen is modeling that behavior. And, you know, I love how you talk about, you know, you can lead and then we can dance together. I think it's fantastic because you, lead. you lead. Yeah. 
Yeah. Just make sure it's eighties music, right? Yeah. Let, <laughs> let the other yeah. folks lead, let them feel like they, they have the control and, and the influence and you can learn so much from people by just listening to what they have to say and being, you know, allowing them to, to take the lead on the conversation or take the lead on, on the project or whatever it is. You learn so much about them as a person and how they lead and how they motivate other people and um, the languaging and the vocabulary. Holy moly. You can do Look so at it much. like this, as large as the ship could be. Yes. The rudder could be still small moving. You. <laughs> so yes. you, you and I are the rudders and, um, you know, when it comes to the quality control, just circling back, if I pull a phone call from you and I walk by, I go, hey, Catherine, you're doing a great job. You're like, OK, great. Catherine, last Thursday, when you spoke to Mrs. Jones for 12 minutes, turned it around, helped her out. The grandson came on and said you were the greatest customer support representative. She just wrote into the company. I mean, doesn't that show that I'm legitimately not just saying good job, Catherine? I right. specifically mentioned exactly the kind of work that you've done. And I will try to do that. Not good job, ace and champ and chief. I will specifically talk about a time that you rocked and I'll let you know why you were the, the greatest ever. And they go, wow, you really do listen, Richard. You really do. And I go, of course I do. Of course I do. And so for your supervisors, why don't you look at one of their plays, get the real detail of how they did it. That's when you give the high five in front of everybody and letting them know why they're the champ. And then you start nicknaming them things, you know, the time that they won, when they had a coming of age moment. That's where you build the environment. You start becoming Maverick and Iceman. Yeah. That's how you build things there. You just build them up and you use the details that support why they did a good job. You don't just vaguely say good job. Wow. And there's so much power in that. And I would, you know, encourage anybody listening, if somebody has provided good customer service or great customer service, send the email and let somebody know mm -hmm. that, that it went well. Because I remember during my banking days, I would send an email to the CEO, maybe once or twice a year when something really good happened, you know, we have so many projects and, and things that happen, you know, every day, every week, and they're not always perfect, but every once in a while we would have something I'm like, oh. They just need to be celebrated. And so in the subject line to the CEO, I just put the words, good news. And then inside, you know, just share that, you know, Richard did X, Y, Z and it was amazing and it worked and, and we got X, Y, Z out of this. And um, I could see on the computer, those emails got read like within minutes of being delivered. I could have 12 other fire emails. They're not going to be handled, but the good news emails always got opened and they were always authentic and, and not you know, too, too often, but just once in a blue moon, just to say, mm -hmm. Hey, Richard did a great job. This is what happened. Here's the result. And, you know, with everything going on in this world, I think we all just need to celebrate, you know, that, that this went right. And, and this sure enough, CEOs would always, you know, send a note right back and say, thank you. I needed that. I had, you know, X, Y, Z day and, and I needed a break. So I just appreciate it. Good to hear that we've got good stuff going on. So Doesn't that remind you of the stars on the helmets in the football game? Yeah. Yeah. And you can do that in business. You know, yes, you can, you can shoot these notes off to people and, and it's not a pressing message. Just send an email and just let people know they're doing a good job. And this is what they, they did. Start building the levels, like, you know, the white, yellow, green, brown, and black. So say you've gotten three. Now you're at division one level of yeah. positive escalations. How much more are you going to go? You know, and just, yeah. uh, keep count on those things. The people, those they the respond to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, 
what other topics are we missing? I feel like you've, you've done such an incredible job talking about the empathy and, and, and giving people dignity and self-reflection and listening. What, what about training on oh. ongoing training, lifelong learning? Talk about that. Do you mind? Of course. Well, since people are coming in as linguists, I just want to make sure that they have the sort of composure to be able to give a proper delivery. So people don't ask them to repeat their information. So on the first day of class, I slice these sort of, I'll show them the full page of the script, but then I'll have a piece of paper that only has a little window. Cause I saying, this is what you're focusing on at the moment. Don't, don't start thinking ahead or behind. If you can't land the introduction, forget about the body and the conclusion that call doesn't even exist. Really it's about the Genesis. It's about setting the first step and the angle to move that call. So for us, the first 30 seconds of any sort of phone call is essential besides memorizing your information. It's important for us, as you say, to anchor into the active listening name drop of the person that answers the call. Us doing a company name spike to say the name better than the way the people answered the call. So it's something they're familiar with. Then they see that I could be a mystery shopper. I still have an anonymity. And then usually they will ask me a first question. Sometimes it could be negative. There could be a negative tone in a question that's asked. There's a buffer boomerang technique that I have here. In fact, I got a picture of it. I can show your audience. A buffer boomerang technique. Yeah. If somebody asks you a question in a negative tone, you got to buffer it. I'll name drop you. Catherine, that's an excellent question. My name is Richard Blank. So you buffer negative, name drop, flip it around, repeat for active listening, send it back as a plus two. You can always readjust tone. And once again, when you get transferred, these are, as you mentioning, positive escalations. So you're giving the gift after getting the pass to pitch. And when you're speaking with information, don't do desert pitching. Don't just go over laundry list. Go like a dessert tray. And after you mention your A, B, C, and D, pause a little bit in between for a positive or a negative reinforcement. When you're done, you can rake the question by saying in a brazen way, Catherine, I'm sure you like at least one. And you do the horizontal stacking of open-ended questions, once again, allowing you to speak. And these are the sort of soft skills that do not compromise ethics that can control 30 seconds to two minutes worth of conversations that might have a little bit of movement to it and will increase your ability to get through, as you would say, a gatekeeper. But instead of looking at them as shutting you down, they're the ones that add your momentum. Because once you give the positive escalation, and Catherine, you happen to call that company back, your assistant, A, will remember me, B, thank me, and C, probably tell me 50 things about you that's happening at the company that's exciting. So when I get transferred, I can congratulate you on a promotion, an anniversary, or your business growth. And so that's the sort of circles that you and I can create that will make much better relationships. Mm -hmm. Richard, this is fantastic. Okay, so as we're, we're kind of wrapping up, can you give maybe your best one or two pieces of advice? You have so much to offer. Is there even a way to give one or two pieces? Sure. Fortune favors the brave because if you can get past your parents' guilt, you can live anywhere in the world. That's number one. And number two, there's a lot of naysayers and gray believers out there. And these are the people that love you, but they may not understand you. And as long as you're willing to die with your boots on, and you have a certain vision quest, a certain destiny that you feel you need to do while still being responsible with your family and your health, then by all means, live your life because you only get a hundred years. And the greatest thing you could do is look at yourself in the mirror and be very pleased that you were true to yourself 
when you were making these dreams and these promises back in the day, you didn't quit 80% in. And so that, my friend, if I could wrap it up in a nutshell, would be my best advice. And Captain, thank you so much for this time today. I really enjoyed our conversation. Richard, thank you. Richard Blank, you are the president of Costa Rica's Call Center found on the web at CostaRicasCallCenter.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much as well. My team and I just want to say thank you for tuning in to the Business Vitality Podcast. We really appreciate you being here. If you know of another leader, another CEO, a founder who has another success story that they are willing to share and be able to pay it forward, we would love to highlight their stories on this podcast. You can find more information at katherinecanty.com. And in the meantime, if you could take a minute and rate this show, that would be super helpful because that's going to allow more people like you to find us in order to continue to pay it forward. Again, if you need to learn any additional information, we are happy to help. You can find us more at katherinecanty.com. You can also find us on LinkedIn with my name, Katherine Canty. Thanks so much for being here.